Hey campers, how's everyone's week going so far? Um, good, because we're celebrating yet another one of my birthdays. It's a whole month thing. You're that kind of person, aren't you? I'm not, but since other people do it, I might as well too. I like it. Well, did you have fun today? I did. It was an eventful day, that's for sure. Okay, we'll talk about it at the end, but as you can hear, I also sound better. So I'm back to host the newest episode of Campfire Adventures. And for everybody out there, I hope that you're saying you're doing good because we're doing good. But if not, then don't worry because you're here now and we got a new story to help you make it through another week. So for this week, I have Patrice, as you heard, as my live audience. And then the boys are here as well. And I'd like to give a shout out to everybody out there in podcast land because you guys are killing it, as always. And I truly appreciate it. Well, anyway, this week's story is international, y'all. We're traveling to a country that I don't think we've ever talked about. But this country has so many unique creatures, so many just unique and special animals that it only makes sense that they also have unique cryptids. So this week, I'd like to tell you the story of Australia's Bunyip. And with all that said, then you know what time it is. It's time for us to grab our drinks. We're chilling around the portable campfire because it's hot. It's <laughs> been so hot that I can't imagine us having a fire right now. But we will get there, I promise. And it's time for us to get into this week's story. Okay, so we just traveled, you know, across the oceans to a country known as Australia. And like I had alluded to earlier and mentioned, they have so many unique creatures. Like, can you name a few, for instance? Jeez, uh, I can't think of any of... Why? Can a I... kangaroo for oh, one thing? Oh, a kangaroo, yeah. They're going to come beat you up, and then not even just that, but they have, like... The dingo's going to come and steal Boopy? Yes, Boopy's gone! No! <laughs> and then not even just that, but they also have the platypus out there. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's and a pretty koalas. cool creature. You know, they have their whole bill thing, but they're, like, marsupials, and it, they're poison in their, you know, flippers, and koalas the babies eat their mom's poop for do nourishment they? they do yeah <laughs> welcome to national geographic apparently but there's so many cool animals and i also heard that they have like rats that like run across the plains of freaking australia so you can just hear them and they'll like go through your entire house as they make their way through nothing stops them oh gee, that's insane but within all this there is a cryptid because it couldn't just be, you know, a nature documentary episode. There is a cryptid, lad, I told you, that is known as the Bunyip. And this creature, the inspiration for this whole thing was, I was looking for a swamp creature. I was looking for, what was that thing that we saw today? The creature from the Black Lagoon? Yes, the creature from the Black Lagoon. I just, I was thinking like, you know, we talk about cryptids, we've mentioned sea monsters like caddy and we've mentioned like the altamaha and 
they're like the mini washi too and stuff like that there are cryptids out there that belong in the water and live in the water but what about the ones that live in the swamp like how do they do their thing and so while i was looking for all this and the creature of the black lagoon was going through my mind and i was looking for inspiration for that and we ended up here in australia with the bunyip so what is it where does it live and what do we got to know about it so this cryptid usually calls the different riverways different lakes ponds anything that it can get into to hunt for prey it calls it home and it sits there and it waits and usually when you're thinking of what's on its diet it automatically goes to humans i would too we don't support cannibalism i do sometimes but to make this cryptid more fearsome it doesn't just target you know any human i mean it's not that it's so picky but it prefers to go after women and children and it uses surprise tactics to get its prey. So what should you be looking for? And are there any telltale signs of what you should expect? Or maybe like, I don't know, hear, smell, anything. Hmm. So this cryptid's physical description is basically it has, I would say the best way to describe it is the body of like a walrus, has a really long tail, has a face that's a combination of alligator-like, dog-like, in a sense. So it has two big eyes, a nice sharp set of jaws, and then two giant tusks. It's also going to have flippers, and those flippers are going to have sharp claws at the end of them, and it has a fur that covers its whole body. I guess you could say it's kind of like a giant platypus, in a sense. It totally sounds like It doesn't like have one. the bill or anything, but it has a long tail, you know, a giant body. I've, in my research, found that it usually can be from, in a small age, about around five feet to at an adult size of 15 feet in, like, length. That's not very small. It's pretty massive, you know? And so this cryptid, like I said, hides in the water, hides in swamps, hides in lagoons, anywhere that it can just lay and wait until prey walks by. Now, it took a long time for this cryptid to actually get its name, and it was named by the, like, the local people. How would you say that? Like, Oh, I would probably just call them local. <laughs> yes, <laughs> by the local people. It's The story of this cryptid has been known to the people of Australia since the early 1800s. And basically... People started to find, like, in the lakes, like, bones and skull fragments that had just, like, appeared. And nobody really knew what they belonged to. They thought maybe it was, I don't know, a manatee. You know, just maybe some people were saying that some of the skulls that they found belonged to calves. But they were in the water for so long, they kind of got a little distorted. Mm. So people just started to find these skulls. And they started to piece together that maybe there's something that's living out here that we just haven't discovered yet. So it was in 1930 when one of the bones that was discovered by a man named George Rankin, he had been in uh, New South Wales, which is around the area where Sydney is. And he thinks that he identified these bones as a creature that lived a long time ago. It was a giant marsupial of sorts. It's known as a diprotodon, which I was looking at comments of people saying, Basically, it's a giant wombat, like super huge. So it makes giant poop cubes? Poop cubes? What do you mean? 
because you know wombats are famous, if you will, for pooping cube. How do you even know this, Patrice? How do you not know it is more of the question. Anyone who's anyone would know that wombats poop cubes. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure that they did that, but I would, you know, look into it. And I'll show you a picture real quick of what this creature looks like. And you can either say if you think that this is what you would imagine our um, cryptid would look like, but covered in fur, you know... It it's, has four legs. It's quadrupedal. Yeah. So it's a little different. It doesn't have a super long tail, but that face is dog-like. It, it's massive. Yeah, I think it, so. It's similar. I mean, it doesn't necessarily fit the bill 100%. This creature, this, you know, marsupial of the past, looks more like, I would say, like a grizzly bear, kind of. Yeah. So they found this skull, and they're like... Okay, there's not some random creature just living in the lakes. And we just found a fossil, and we can explain all of this away. But people didn't just buy that story. They were like, mm, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> and so they ended up hearing an account from somebody in July of 1845 where they described seeing this creature that the locals had known about and had talked about. And they said that this creature had giant tusks. It had paws that had webbed in betweens i don't know what that's called but you know like a, there is a, a name for there's it. a name for it. yeah so they had the webbing in between the you know the paws with sharp claws covered in fur it was huge and it was living in this lake and the people the locals they had said oh we know what you're talking about you're talking about the bunyip and so that's when the name became what it was in 1845 now more skulls were found in riverbanks and more people were coming to just say like oh, you know, like we found more bones and maybe the bunyip is real and maybe it's having babies and maybe it's been living here, you know. So people started to get all in this bandwagon and the locals had been claiming for a long time that there was something stalking the waters of Australia that they just couldn't put an answer to. So people started to come up with ideas of maybe how this possibly could have happened. Now, one of the stories that I read was that there was once a man who lived in Australia, and his name was actually Bunyip. And he had broken one of the, I guess, most sacred laws that they had there at the time. Now, I didn't know this because in my mind, and yes, I am uncultured, but hey, we did the best we can with what we got. <laughs> so apparently they used to have like totem poles or statues made in Australia, and they used to have different spiritual animals to like... I don't know, define the different statues of how they made their totems and stuff like that. So apparently, this man named Bunyip, he broke one of the laws and actually ate his totem animal. Like, I don't know what that meant. Like, his totem animal was like, I don't know, let's just say a wombat. And he went out there and was like, <laughs> I'm going to eat a wombat because I'm hungry. And once he did that, he was cursed to be transformed into an evil spirit turned from a man into an evil being that lurked in the riverbeds, that lurked in the water of Australia, and was forced to hunt humans and livestock. Naturally. Basically. So that's how the legend went. And then the people gave it the name Bunyip because that's what the man's name was. And now he stalks the rivers. Actually, this cryptid is so famous in Australia that there's a statue that they made of it. Huh. We could go visit that if we want to. And they've made multiple movies about this creature. So you know how we have the movie, The Creature of the Black Lagoon? They have a movie similar to that. And it's been like 
broken down into more variations of that same movie. So I don't know. It could be like, you know how we did The Conjuring and there's like four different sets and volumes. Right. But this one keeps going on and on with it. And there are books and, you know, it, it's just a cultural, you know, iconic cryptid. Wow, we'll have to check out one of those movies. I want to watch it so bad. We, I want to watch the, you know, everything that we've mentioned in all the past episodes. We have so many things that we have to watch. Yeah. Now, so much more gets so much bigger because it's in 1857 when a newspaper actually has a drawing that somebody made of what they saw. So the story goes like this. There was a man and he was on a boat and he was sailing through, you know, the fresh waters of Australia, right? And so he says that he ended up having a run-in with a creature that was out in the water. Now, this creature had that what he described, a long neck, head of a dog, um, had, you know a big body it could swim in the water covered with hair similar to that of like a platypus of some sorts Mm. and it was it was not alone actually there was multiple ones some were like smaller some were bigger and so he pulls out his glock okay i'm not sure if it was a glock but i just thought it was funny (laughs) so he pulls out a gun and he's just like what the heck are these things you know and so he starts to shoot off because in his mind he's thinking okay it's either them or it's me and if it's going to be me, then I'm going down with the fight. Yeah. So he enough. shoots out, and he says what he described as seeing was, I guess, a, would you say a pod? Because, you know, like whales are a pod. There's a group of them, group of these cryptids. And well, when if they look like wombats, then they would be a wisdom. If that's, is that really what they call them? Yeah, that's what they call a group of wombats, yeah. Okay, Patrice, with your freaking fun facts, <laughs> wisdom, and then freaking crows are murders and a pack of Wait, apes is suicide. Wait, what do you call two crows? What do you call two crows? Um, a homicide? An attempted murder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> so. He, he shoots out, right? And he ends up making it. He gets back to where, you know, he gets back to his port and he lands and he tells the people around, like, you'll never guess what I saw. And he says his description of the creatures to the people. And they're like, oh, you just had a run in with the bunya. Like, everybody's just like, you Not did it. a lot about it. Yeah, like, wow, you, you know, you're true Australia, mate. No, I don't know if that's the case, but... I would only hope that that's what they said after you had a run-in. And Okay, also, I would also hope I survived so I could tell them about the run-in. But that's what happened with this man, you know? And he goes on to tell this story. Now, like I said, it's in movies. It's in a whole bunch of stuff. But that's not where we're going to end the story of the Bunyip because there's more. So, like I said, are there any distinguishing features that we should know about this cryptid? Well, some people say that when the Bunyip's ready to attack, you'll smell a foul stench. Now, it does live in murky, swampy waters. Mm. So the odds of it actually being like 100% clean is, I mean, inconceivable. (laughs) But also at the same time, like, you know, like there might be other animals that live out there. Like, you know how sharks have those little suction fish? Oh, yeah. So maybe he has a deal out there with some creatures in the water. A giant skunk? So they say that you'll smell this giant smell. And then they said that you'll hear this giant roar. Like, almost like, uh, I don't know, they were saying like a booming noise. Like, it's so loud in its entirety that I guess it just shocks the hell out of you. And then, I mean, with the smell and then the sight alone, like, I would be petrified. And then, well, then you know what you'd be? You'd be bunyip food. 
And so, <laughs> so people fear this creature and they tell the stories to the locals because they don't want anyone to be unaware of their situations and their surroundings. And so to the locals, when they hear this word bunyip, it's relayed back into their mind as in devil or an evil spirit, which kind of ties back into how this creature and how this cryptid came to be. Because if it was a man who was cursed, then that's exactly what it would be, right? An evil entity that was forced yeah. and tortured to be, I don't know, a human-eating cryptid. So what else do we know about this cryptid? I mean, there's a lot to say, but I think some of the more interesting things are that people don't know exactly how to definitively describe this creature. Some people also say that this cryptid's covered in feathers on its back. Some people say that it looks kind of like a hippopotamus. <laughs> and then one more interesting thing is, I guess if we're going to say something, is that people have been trying to identify this creature even to this day. In 2017, scientists actually thought that they can hone in more of the identity of what this cryptid was, which I think to me is cool because if this story has been going on since the 1800s and it was just local legend, you'd think it'd just be done. Yeah. But they're still going into it more. So they were like piecing parts of its life together and they're thinking maybe that this cryptid is more amphibious than they thought previously. And in that sense, they're thinking because of the webbing in its feet and the reason why it lives, you know, so deep in the water. And also another interesting fact is that some people believe the story, like I said, of how this man was transformed into this cryptid. But others believe that there's a more reasonable explanation to the whole thing, which I know I don't usually like to, you know, share these things, the reasonable explanation, because isn't it cool to just have like a mindset where you think that there's a whole <laughs> alternate world where cryptids are living because i mean can we be the only thing out there and like i said there's so many animals that are unexplained but anyway so most people think that the sightings that were taking place in the early 1800s were people's sightings of seals now there are many different types of seals that call home to australia some places more common than others but i think when I was doing my research, it was over five different types of seals that called Australia home in some form, somewhere or another. So there were multiple different types of fur seals. And if you see a fur seal, it's going to have like a longish neck. It's going to have, you know, like short, like flippers and fins to get around, a long tail to get around. Leopard seals, they have sharp teeth. They're longer, they're bigger than you think. Because when I was watching those nature documentaries, let me tell you, I didn't want to come face to face with those things. Because when I was watching Happy Feet and I thought, saw them, <laughs> I was like, dang, I don't want to play with those things. And then you watch the nature documentary and you're like, these things, you know, like, dang. But there's also one more that calls it home. And that's the elephant seal. And elephant seals are huge. They're so big. So big and so formidable. They have tusks. They make these snorting, snarling noises as they come out of the water. Mm. So I could only imagine, like, if you're a person walking near, like, an elephant seal's, like, habitat area, if it sees you, it's bursting out the water going, like, I've heard the noises that they make, and I'm like, I do not. Is that how it sounds? It's huge, and there's, like, snorting in there, too. Like, it's it's not your average. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm so sorry, campers. That's the best I got with what I got. So, hey, we do what we can. So some people, okay, maybe most people, think that the bunyip is really just sightings of a seal. <laughs> but I think that what I'm hearing is the people of Australia are open to the idea of a mythical cryptid living there. Maybe they just live in a whimsical world like you and... Hey, maybe. For the... Hey, shout out to all the people listening in Australia right now. Um, if you've seen the bunyip or have any more information on the bunyip, I'd love to hear about it. But in terms of what we have for the story, all we have are a few more questions to answer. But we have the story of a cryptid that's known as some sort of a lake monster. And I don't know. It's just an interesting story. What did you think? I wonder if he just stays cursed because everybody calls him by his last name and he's longing to hear his first name once again. I mean, that could be a thing, but... I mean... How would we ever even figure out what his real name would have been? Like, Well, I mean, they figured out his last name. I mean, that's just what the legend was. Well, I mean... Not necessarily that there was really a person named Bunyip. Is there a Bunyip lineage out there somewhere that we don't know about? If there is, also please let us know because we'll do more research into it. And but, why is your grandpa so angry and eating people still? Because he ate his totem animal. Oh, yeah. Tell him to knock it off. <laughs> well, it's too late now. <laughs> Well, that's the story that I have for you of a swamp creature. I tried to find more. I was hoping that we had some other things that we can share, but we've also talked about so many other creatures that call the water home. And now we've just added the bunyip to the whole thing. So shout out to Australia. Shout out to them having statues and movies and books and, I don't know, showing some love for the bunyip. Heck Although yeah, that's cool. I hope that nobody's had an encounter that was unfavorable with this cryptid. Anyway, well, we've reached the end of another story. Do you want to tell some of the people what we did for your day today? Uh, what did we do? Oh, we went and looked at seals today. We did go see seals today. Yeah, we totally did. Well, I mean, there's only A two, few. but... Dang humans taking over their they, kiddie pool. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely did lose their ticket spot. Uh, what else did we do? You got woken up with presents and dolly oh yeah i got woken up with the dolly parton and dinosaur mm -hmm. birthday and then we went to um we dropped off hot granny hot yeah granny's we's on a vacation hot granny's on vacation in portland and then she's gonna go visit i hope she takes pictures but she's gonna go visit um the place where they filmed halloween town oh yeah she is hopefully she goes to visit um where they filmed the Goonies, too. I want to go there. We're going to have to take a trip to Oregon. Maybe we'll do that for Halloween time. Yeah, maybe. That'd be kind of cool. Anyway, we're setting up some other fun stuff. But we also did, we went to like an arcade and played um, the Creature of the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah, the uh, pinball machine. Pinball That's machine. Right. So the I'll Adams Family pinball that. machine, too. Uh, and Elvira. Oh, Elvira. Oh, yeah, I played um, the... Shoots, I mentioned him in last week's episode. Giant dinosaur. Oh, Godzilla. Godzilla, that's his name. Godzilla, Jeez, yeah. How could I forget that? That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. It's just so interesting how things can be connected with cryptids. Anyway, so shout out to Patrice for having another week on his birthday. We'll yeah. see if this continues. But thank you all, to all the campers for listening. I truly appreciate it. I hope you enjoy these stories as much as I enjoy learning. And then 
you know, researching them and then ultimately piecing them together while I say them out loud. And I'm like, <laughs> genius. I've come up with facts. Words mean something. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed as much as I enjoy sharing it with you. But that's the end of another week's episode. I appreciate you for listening. Patrice, thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. And I guess with all that said, I'm just going to tell you to look at the website for our source material and more pictures. Uh, we're going to post stuff on Instagram and Facebook as well. And then that's at Campfire Adventures Podcast. The website is www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. Every noise you heard is because we are chilling around the portable campfire. So, yes, there are crackles. And um, whether you listen to this in the morning or the evening, have a good morning. Have a good evening. I'm going to say bye. So, bye. Bye. Thank you.